0: Welcome to the Building Her Up podcast, a place where women longing for Christian mentorship is able to find coaching, instruction, and encouragement to live the kingdom lifestyle. I am your host, Jasmine Ruiz, and today we're talking about self-control. I wanna share my story with you on how God called me to practice self-control and share some practical tips on how to exercise this in your life. Have you ever started a diet to lose some weight and you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to cut all sugar out for the next month. And then that very same day you go into your office and one of your coworkers brings a box of donuts, puts it right in front of your face and you say, actually, you know what? I'll start tomorrow. I've been there many times. I don't know if you have, but if you haven't, I'm sure you um, understand what it feels like to give in to something or someone you know isn't the most healthiest for you, isn't really good for you. Um, Today, I've been impressed by the Holy Spirit to speak on the topic of self-control I've been a believer for many years now, and so um, when I hear the word self-control, I feel like this slight twinge inside of my stomach. I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain, but there are some negative connotations to it. I remember there being a time when I wanted the freedom to do what I wanted, when I wanted. Um, There was never, like, me ever think about self-control that never ever happened until i became a born-again believer the discussion of self-control is very counter-cultural when i look around in media social circles i never hear anyone say to me you know jasmine you should be practicing self-control like that that never happens i don't know if it's happened for you but at least for me it, it has never happened and what I hear is usually the opposite. Like, girl, it's the weekend, let loose, do what feels good, follow your desires. Um, I, I really do believe that we're not hearing this topic of self control because it's one of the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, which means that it's coming, that this principle comes from the kingdom of God. It's not a worldly principle. Um as I think about this topic of self-control, I I it takes me back to a time when uh I was, you know, just somewhat fresh in my relationship with the Lord. Um he he asked me to quit something. He told me to to stop drinking alcohol. Um and you know, overall I've never really been a heavy drinker. I didn't love to like drink just to like, you know, get wasted and black out. That was not my thing. Um, but I did enjoy being a social drinker. So like I would go out to dinner, have a glass of wine. I would go hang out with some friends um, and, you know, have a couple of drinks. It wasn't really that big of a deal for me. The thing is, I, I really would drink to fit in and and use that as a as a way to relax after a long day. But after a while I, as um as I started walking more with the Lord I started feeling more convicted about it. Um all of a sudden I started feeling wrong when before it felt completely right and completely normal. Um I, I, as I started studying the scriptures, you know, there were scriptures that spoke about drunkenness and and they've started standing out to me. Um of course in my, you know, rebellion in me trying to, you know, follow Jesus but still have one foot in, one foot out, I was trying to find the loopholes. I, I would say to myself, it's okay. You know, I'm only having one drink or two drinks, so I'm good. I'm not drunk. But then I would hear the Holy Spirit say to me, you are unable to measure drunkenness. Like there's no way to measure that. You might think it's when you're on the floor blacked out. But the moment you put a mind altering substance inside of your body, you're already drunk. So yeah, (laughs) I started hearing this and feeling convicted. And I just got to that point where I could no longer run from it. This is where the self control part came in. Just because I had given up drinking didn't mean the people around me did. I had to learn how to be an outcast. I had to be the only one to say no in a room full of people saying yes. I'll be completely honest. In the beginning, it sucked. I missed my favorite drinks. I missed that buzzed feeling. I, I missed that like loose feeling of like not feeling anxious you know it kind of quiet it, it, it quieted the thoughts in my mind it was just very relaxing and you know and a big part of it was also feeling like I am quote-unquote part of something you know like I wanted to fit in with my friends and now I don't Um, so that beginning part for me was very hard but you know what i um, really helped me to to keep going it was my love for jesus i had encountered the living god who on a daily basis would reveal himself to me he would talk to me not only through scriptures but he started speaking to me personally um and i knew that if i kept drinking i would lose that i would lose my relationship with him and i wasn't willing to do that at this point he meant more to me than those things he was at that time. And until this very day, he is my why, why I choose not to drink. Um, normally people will offer me drinks and I will turn them down. And they always ask me why. They give me this weird baffled look when I tell them I don't drink, but it's because it's countercultural. Now, when they ask me why, the awesome part is that i get to share jesus with people that don't know him it's been a very effective evangelistic tool um you know abstaining from from drinking now you're probably wondering why i'm sharing this with you i'm sharing my story because the lord will ask his followers to deny themselves and pick up their cross to deny yourself of your fleshly desires is not an easy task but it's one that we're, we're not able to get around. The Lord is calling for people who are willing to be an outcast, who are willing to be set apart, who are willing to be holy. And from my experience with giving up drinking, it, it wasn't easy. But I can say now it is. It is a lot easier. It, you know, in the beginning, I really wanted to fit in. That was the greatest thing for me. It was greater than my love for Jesus. But when I started getting closer to him, um, that's when I began to lose that desire for, for alcohol. And at this point in my life, I don't even miss it. The enemy. You know, I realized the enemy, I, he still tries to tempt tempt me even today. We, we see that in the Bible. He, um, Jesus, you know, when he was here, he's God. And even Satan tried to tempt Jesus. So we're not exempt from temptations. But uh, the beautiful thing is that sin no longer has a hold on me. Um, my personal experience is tied directly to the call of the Lord. I, I really didn't see this until I started reading the greatest commandment. And it started to make sense. Someone had asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he responded, and this is uh, found in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, uh, verse 37. And he, sa- he says to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, while I do not believe this is the only reason why the Lord, why the Lord calls us to love him with all of our hearts, but one of the reasons for this Call is for our protection from sin and death. So we also can read in Matt, in not Matthew, in Mark, in Mark chapter 7, verse 20 to 23, Jesus says, What comes out of a man that defiles a man? For within, out of the hearts, the hearts of men, proceed evil thoughts. Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within and defile a man. That's what Jesus said. Isn't that interesting? He listed all of that and he said and he said all of that originates from the heart. When we give our hearts to the Lord, sin begins to loosen loosen its grip and it begins to be made pure. Surrendering our hearts is the inception of self-control. It's not something we could do on our own. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and, and transformed by the Holy Spirit. Um, but once we do have the Holy Spirit, there are some practical habits that we can put into place that will help us to turn away from sin. The first practical tip that I can share with you is meditation. Philippians 4.8 tells us to meditate on the things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, and good. Yeah, the only thing that fits those descriptions is God and his word. We should be focusing our thoughts on what God has spoken to us in his word. My suggestion would be to read the gospels. If you don't know what the gospels are, it's uh, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read those books, take several scriptures out of those books and write them down. Post them somewhere where you can see them on a daily basis, like your bathroom mirror, maybe your desk at home or at work, so that you can start memorizing them. These words will be your anchor when life gets stormy. And that is something that we all have in common. We will face storms in our life. The second practical tip I can share with you is abstinence. So we just heard the Bible tell us to meditate or think on what is good. So that means we need to turn away from what's evil. Some things that you can begin to abstain from are shows, movies, and music that fill your thoughts, fill your, your head with wicked thoughts. What you watch and listen to has a profound impact on your mind. Protect the gates to your heart fiercely. And the last tip is accountability. One of the most vital components to your success is partnership. We read throughout the scriptures countless times. It tells us to be a part of a church body. That it's not good for man to be alone. That that two is better than one. Because if one falls, the other will lift up his companion. We are not meant to walk this Christian life alone. We need friends that can pray with us and for us, and encourage us with the word of God. So just a quick recap, surrender your hearts to the Lord. When you do, self-control becomes easier as the Lord begins to purify your heart. And three practical tips that will make it easier to walk away from sin. The first is meditating on the word of God. The second is abstaining from movies, shows, and music that praise sin and the last is to be accountable to someone who will help you when you fall whether you're just hearing a message on self-control for the first time or you've been putting it into practice for years i hope today's message helped to build up your strength to walk the narrow path